It's a pleasure to see you this morning. I hope everyone is awake because I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Okay? So the first question I want to ask you is which reading did we read last night in Vespers, the Gospel reading? What was the Gospel reading about yesterday? No peeking. What was the Gospel reading about yesterday? Sorry? Hmm. didn't have Vespers. I'm sorry. So what was the, the Gospel reading yesterday was about um, how Christ was in the boat and he was sleeping and, you know, the wind rose and they almost drowned and they woke him up and he said to them, you know, he rebuked the wind and he told them, what, you of little faith, what are you, what, what are you worried about? What about this morning? Which gospel did we read this morning? In Matins. Hmm? Okay, but not the gospel. How about the, the gospel itself? Which, which gospel? Gospel of St. Luke, St. Matthew, which one? This morning was Matthew? Matins was Matthew? Are you sure? Are you positive? Are you sure? I don't think it was Matthew. <laughs> it was St. Luke. The gospel according to St. Luke. Anyone knows what happened in that gospel this morning? Hmm? They went to the tomb and found the tomb empty. Right? And then they left and then, you know, uh, they saw the angel and then they left and they uh, told the, the rest of the disciples and Peter came back and he was amazed and he couldn't make what, you know, he couldn't understand what did this mean. Okay, very good. What about the Pauline? Where did we read the Pauline from today? Where did we read it from? It's not going to be easy. I'm not going to go any forward until you tell me. Where did we read the Pauline from? Someone behind me said First Corinthians. That's correct. Very, very good. And so, uh, St. Paul says to the church of Corinth, he said, Watch and stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. This is what St. Paul says to the church of Corinth. I'm going to say it one more time. Watch and stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Okay. What about the Catholic epistle? Where did we read the Catholic epistle from today? Huh? St. Peter? Are you sure? Are you positive? Are you positive? It's not St. Peter. Who was it? St. James. We read from St. James today. And St. James says a number of things. He says, resist the devil. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your heart, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. And you, you think maybe the way St. James is writing this is maybe a little bit too harsh. You know, when he says, you know, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Right? Purify your heart, you double-minded. Okay? What about the praxis? 
the act. We should, we're going to remember this by the end of the sermon. Which chapter in Acts? It's a very famous chapter. If you would take a wild guess, you'd go with 15. Okay, very good. Someone's opened the phone over there. Okay. Acts chapter 15. Okay. And what's happening in Acts chapter 15? We read it. This was read today. It was the first council in Jerusalem, and they were debating whether, you know, people who came to Christianity, whether they should be circumcised and keep the law of Moses or not. And some of the Pharisees, they were kind of against the whole idea, and they said they should be circumcised and they should um, keep the law of Moses. But St. Peter answered them and says that God has purified their hearts through faith. Correct? And then something really interesting happened at the end of that. The last line. Anyone remember what the last line says? It says, Then all the multitudes kept silent and listened to what Barnabas and Paul had to say. Then all the multitudes kept silent. So first there was sort of a contention between them. But at the end, after St. Peter spoke, then all the multitudes kept silent and listened to what Barnabas and Paul had to say to them. If you were to draw a line across all of the readings from yesterday until today, what would you observe? What is the whole thing about yesterday? There was about faith. Maybe the uh, matins this morning was also about... What was it about? What was it about? Faith, maybe? Okay, what happened after that? St. Paul says... That, yes, be steadfast in the faith. Okay, and then... St. James talks about... You know, weeping and mourning and repenting and cleansing our hands and... You know, so draw near to God, so it's also about faith and resist the devil. And the gospel talks about what? About Christ casting out the demon, the devil, right? And then they couldn't really agree with him, and they said, you're casting it by the help of another demon. And then they say, and he tells them, then what you're saying kind of doesn't make sense. It doesn't really make sense what you're saying. Right? So, if you were to draw a line across the whole readings, maybe it's about... You know, us, that the devil tries to, you know, take us away, separate us from God. But we have to be steadfast, and we have to have faith, and we have to draw close to God, and we have to, to, to come near to Him, and we have to repent, and we have to confess. Right? And so all these elements of faith, the first one starts, starts with humility. Humility. And I want to point your attention to the crowd in Acts 15, that at the end they didn't go back and forth trying to you know, get into bigger arguments, but they kept silent and listened to what Paul and Barnabas had to say. And humility is one of those things where the moment you realize you have it is the moment that you lose it. The moment you realize you have humility, the moment that you lose it. And so, in other occasions when Christ, uh, you know, cast out a demon, maybe in Mark chapter 9, uh, you know, after that, has, you know, when the disciples tried to cast the demon out, they couldn't. But then Christ, after the transfiguration on Mount Tabor, came down. And then he went 
and then he cast out the demon, and then on their way home, they were talking together and they were arguing, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? Who amongst them is the greatest? And Christ told them, what are you arguing amongst yourselves about? So he was kind of pointing towards humility. So humility is an important aspect of faith, of being faithful. Is that when I'm humble, when I humble myself, I realize that I am in need and that I need God to work in me and I realize the works of God in my life and I seek more and more and draw more and more towards Him. You'd notice that today in the Gospel, the Pharisees did not deny that He cast out the demon. They did not deny the miracle. And a lot of times, sometimes, we don't deny the presence of God in our life, but we don't give Him the glory. We don't give Him the glory. We, we acknowledge that there are, that His presence, that He is present in our life, but we never, we, we don't give Him the glory. So one element is humility. Another thing is to draw near to Him, and He will draw near to us. What's the perfect example of us drawing near to Him? Today, you being here, sitting in liturgy. When the disciples were on Mount Tabor with Christ, they witnessed the transfigured Christ. And this is what we do when we come to church. When we come and attend liturgy, we see him transfigured in front of us. And he walks with us outside of the liturgy too, like he did with the disciples. And he went down the mountain and he went and he healed and he cast out the demon from the demon-possessed. So, drawing near to him and him to us is all about living you know the same way that we come into the liturgy is the same way that we go out of the liturgy and part of this is actually preparing for the liturgy I mean if you want to talk a little bit practical right so I'm going to leave you with maybe a couple of practical points the first one is how to prepare for the liturgy okay the first one that you got to do is study Seven. Study seven. What does that mean by study seven? Study the seven readings that we just talked about. Whenever you're coming to liturgy, study the seven readings, which is Vespers, Matins, Pauline, Praxis, Catholic Epistle, Gospel, that's six. One more. Synexarium, what was the Synexarium about today? We read it, what was it about? Huh? Huh? The 39th Pope, his name was? Agathon. And he was a man of faith. It was all about faith. It was all about faith. So study seven. The next thing, when you're in liturgy, and you know, I say this to myself first, is let us try to Live the one. So study seven, live the one. What does that mean by live the one? Or focus on one. I'll maybe switch it a bit. Focus on one. How many of us come to uh, Odessa and a lot of time we're, you know, uh, somewhere else? We're not really focused much. We come out maybe at the end and ask ourselves what was going on. Sometimes this happens. I come in liturgy and I walk outside of the liturgy and I maybe I'm coming in and I'm focusing on other things. 
you know, maybe this Abuna is like extremely tall or something, like he's not going to fit anywhere, you know, or, you know, this person came in late, or, oh, look at me, I came a little bit early, and all these things, and it happens. So maybe a, 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 an exercise that we can do together is perhaps before you come, focus, tell yourself that you're going to focus on one passage only in liturgy. Or, I don't mean, of course, if you can focus on more, please do. But let's say the reconciliation prayer or the commemoration of the saints. Just put in your mind, embrace yourself, and prepare yourself that when you come, I'm not going to miss this part. So you're attentive until this part comes. And then the following week, choose another part. The following week, choose another part. And so forth. And then the third point, so humility. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. And then after the liturgy. Now all the points that we draw we drew together in the seven readings, maybe, you know, Christ says this uh, kind does not come out except by fasting and prayer. So the church gives us Wednesdays and Fridays to fast. So perhaps if I go to liturgy on Sunday and I get a point that I need to, for example, work on faith, or, you know, uh, work on humility, or work on, you know, any of the virtues. Maybe I need to make this the motive of my fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. It's not about just fasting, but my fasting, as part of, you know, of course, uh, self-control, fasting is very good, but if I don't know what I am doing it, then I kind of lost and I end up not fasting altogether. Right? So this is fasting. What about prayer? What about prayer? So, humility, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. What's the third one? Huh? Fasting and prayer. We talked about fasting, prayer. When in doubt, when in doubt, shout. When in doubt, shout. Whenever you're going through a rough time, a rough patch, let us get on our knees and pray. The commandment is to pray without ceasing, and this is a little bit difficult and a little bit tough. And sometimes prayers become a burden. And because I'm burdened so much with prayer, I feel guilty. And then prayer, it turns to be a source of guilt. You know, every time I don't pray, I feel a little bit guilty, and eventually I tell myself, well, you know what? I don't want to pray because if I do, if I, 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 I'm not going to pray, otherwise I'm going to feel guilty, so I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. So it's not, it's not easy, but we have to be um, faithful and honest. You know, sometimes prayer turns to become, and forgive me for, for saying this, becomes a, you know, a, a spare tire. You know, there's, you know, tires in the car, but there's also a spare tire. And prayer can sometimes turn, turn to be even, not, not a tire, but a, a, you know, a spare tire. Something that we bring up when we just need it, and then we don't need it, we don't, we don't use it. When it's prayer should be the steering wheel. Prayer should be the steering wheel. The steering wheel towards faithfulness, towards a life of thanksgiving, towards, you know, receiving God's promises. Right? So... We need to do our best. We need to be honest and faithful, and we need to pay attention in prayer. 
our fathers, the monks, they all have what in common? A cell. A cell. And when you go into their cell, what is the focal point of their cell? A prayer corner. A prayer corner. So we have to make prayer as something very integral in our life. It is a chance to be in the presence of God. And prayer in itself becomes, you know, like an offering that we give to God. It becomes almost, you know, a sacramental, where we offer something to God and God blesses it. And this is prayer. So we need to pay attention in prayer. We need to prepare for prayer. We need to say the word slowly if we're struggling with, you know, um, you know, we're not being focused. Maybe say the words loudly. Right? St. Paul says in Romans 10.17, he says, Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. What does that mean? It means that I need to be loud when I'm praying. Maybe pray a little bit loud. We have to maybe slow a little bit down. A lot of times, we, because we get maybe uh, busy with life and everything that's happening around us, we kind of resort to you know, prepare, praying just a couple of words together from the heart. And that's all good. But it's important to also pray from a script. When the disciples asked Christ and they told him, you know, um, if, you know, teach us how to pray. And he told them, when you want to pray, say, our Father. He gave him a script. So don't shy from using the Agbeya and so forth. Another thing that we can try to work on in terms of prayer is perhaps um, when we do our quiet time with the Bible, we um, are, it depends on where we're reading. Maybe sometimes it's the, the, the genealogies or something, and it gets a little bit uh, longer or so forth, and we kind of give up too quickly. But we have to uh, focus on you know not uh, on the parts that we. Um, don't understand. Maybe start with the parts that you do understand first. Because the number one complaint is that we don't un- I don't understand what I'm reading. But what about a part that you don't understand? Maybe try to focus on that. As part of planning to prayer is also is to pray for others. How many of us carry a list of names of those who, you know, we, I think it's the most common um, uh, used phrase in, uh, in the church is to pray for me. You see someone and they, they ask you, Salili, pray for me. And yes, sure, sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. How many do, do we really do that? Praying for someone else is in itself a service. When you pray on behalf of someone else, this is a service. And sometimes we complain that we're not serving enough how about you make a list, practically speaking, you make a list of those whom, who ask you at the end of the day, when you sit with yourself at the end of the day, when Hasid Nafsina, we need to write down those names, the people who came to us and asked us to pray for them. And even if we don't know, remember the exact, you know, uh, name, you know, the person who asked me to pray for their exam, write it down like this. God knows.
praying without ceasing. How do we pray all the time? Maybe, you know, take the opportunity to pray when you're getting off the bus. When you get on the bus, when you open the door, when you close the door, just, you know, we all tend to say grace or pray maybe just before eating, and then just we leave it at that. We have to maybe expand on that a little bit more. Right? So I want you to do a little bit of an exercise, okay? The exercise is go after me, okay? What's it? Can you do that? Again, again. One more time. Pray for that. Pray that you're able to take a breath in and out. There's a lot of things that we take for granted. And something, and I'm almost done, I, prom- I promise, is that sometimes when we, um, when we pray, we leave with the idea that, you know, I, I left prayer and I don't have this fuzzy and good feeling inside of me. I don't have this feeling. And that doesn't mean I prayed or something is up with me. or some- No, we're not supposed to just come out of prayer and feeling fuzzy and happy and all that stuff. Yes. In fact, a lot of the th- often enough it should be the other way around. You know, when you, when you shed the light into a dark room, you're able to see all the dirt in the corner, all the ankaboots up on the air, on, on the thing. And this is a fact where you're, a time when you're able to really see yourself for who you truly are. So, not necessarily have to come out of prayer feeling, you know, on the clouds. It's not necessarily like that. And we read something today in Matins. What happened? Uh, when they went to see the tomb they found the tomb empty sometimes when we are in prayer we have to you know uh, experience the empty tomb before we you know uh, get to see the risen Christ so when you go into and pray and you're not feeling warm and fuzzy it's okay they went to the tomb and the tomb was empty and then later on they saw the risen, the risen Christ. So, the first thing that we got to do is to humble ourselves and then we do what? Huh? Come close to Him, draw close to Him and He will draw close to you and then fasting and prayer, living the liturgy after the liturgy. How we can do that? By studying the Seven, focusing on the one and living the one message that we get from the common uh, readings into the rest of our week and fast and pray and glory be to God forever and ever.